0: my name is randy howell and you're listening to the faith and fishing podcast
1: welcome to the faith and fishing podcast i'm cam
2: and i'm robert in every episode we're bringing you faith stories and fishing memories from some amazing members of the fishing community
1: so join us as we shed a positive light on all things faith and fishing Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Faith in Fishing podcast. I'm Cam. Hey, and I'm Robert. And we have a, uh, a long overdue and a, an exciting episode for you that I am I'm pumped about. But first, uh, Robert, how's it going, man?
2: Uh, it's going pretty good. I got, got out to go fishing a couple of times. Uh, went to the work pond a few times, and that's always fun. Had a little topwater bite going on, so that was awesome. And then went to Sharon Harris. Uh, Once since we did our last podcast and uh, went all the way up in the swamp there and uh, had caught a couple of decent ones and hooked a big one on uh, uh, daggone Mr. B chatterbait. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't quick enough on the uh, hook set, and he got off. He was running straight toward me. I never could catch up to him. I mean, I was reeling as fast as I could, and he was coming straight at me. So, uh, missed that one, but uh, excited for this weekend's Battle of the Border. so a lot of the North Carolina-Virginia clubs um, heading up to Bugs Island, uh, Car Lake, so that'll be pretty fun. Going to camp out tomorrow night, so got the truck loaded and heading to work as soon as I get off of work, headed up there, so uh, should be a good weekend what about you nice
1: yeah i have not gotten a chance to do any any fishing since um i'm gonna try to get out tomorrow after work but that's gonna depend a lot on how i feel after we get done with the podcast um uh recording tonight uh in terms of packing up the car and everything i don't know if you can tell by my sultry deep voice uh but i am quite congested i uh I decided that it was a good idea to uh, sand my drywall patches last week without a mask on, and I am paying for it now. Um, So uh, I'm going to try to remember to mute myself every time that I have to cough, but I've got my my heavy-duty cough drop in my mouth, so... Um, and for those of you who have followed along with the podcast, do not worry. This time it is not one of the ones that numbs my mouth. So I should not be <laughs> um, slurring my speech or anything like that this time. Um, but yeah, I haven't done any any fishing uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, we've gone out of town for a birthday party. And then um, Sunday, y'all are going to be, um, uh, y'all are going to be, it'll be passed by the time you hear this um, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway just because I might pull it for a reel or something to to put up there but uh, I am going to be um, I'm going to be in New Bern for Mumfest um, on a Sunday in the Carolina waters booth helping them out so um, if, cool. if I pull this if I pull this for a reel y'all can come and see me if not, y'all can still use promo code STEEL15 and get you 15% off of, of some awesome apparel there. So, uh, carolinawatersnc.com. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that is all the housekeeping I've got. Robert, am I missing anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, then let's go ahead. Let's uh, thank a couple sponsors and get uh, get our guests introduced. Mr. B Lure Company is making high quality handcrafted lures and has been for 30 years, right here in the US. Using all metal components, owner and gamakatsu hooks, and silicone or frog hair skirts, Mr. B is pumping out some awesome spinner baits, jigs, buzz baits, underspins, and more, including some of the most unique bladed jigs on the market. To fill up your tackle box, go to mrblurecompany.com, that's mrblurecompany.com, and use promo code faithinfishinpod1x10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. That's faith, the letter N, fish, the letter N, P-O-D, so faithinfishinpod, just like our Instagram handle, 1x10. If finesse fishing is your comfort zone, something you want to learn better this year, or just something you like to tie on as a Hail Mary pass, Jade's Jigs has everything you need and more, and it's all eco-friendly and lead-free. With an awesome selection of baits and colors, they've got a variety of techniques covered for you. Finesse Jigs, Underspins, Neco Weights, Ned Rigs, and more are all waiting for you at jadesjigs.com. And while you're there, use promo code FNF10 for 10% off your purchase. That's jadesjigs.com and promo code FNF10 for 10% off. All right, so if if those of you out there who don't know, I struggle with ADHD. And ADHD comes with a lot of fantastic um, things, but it comes with some challenges too. And one of those challenges for me is that I am really good at reaching out to people to have on the podcast. And if they say yes, but not right now, I am terrible about getting that person on the podcast. Um, and a lot of times it ends up being a back and forth. And um, in this case, it's been um it's been almost a year since she originally said yes to come on the podcast. And, um, but just, she was not available at the week that I asked. And then, um, it took me this long to finally get her on the podcast. But if you are someone who follows uh, kayak fishing, you um you know exactly who who this was whenever you clicked on the episode um she is one of the one of the top kayak anglers in the country and um is just a a phenomenal phenomenal angler and a phenomenal person i'm excited to have her on the show uh, miss christine fisher
0: hey guys thanks for having me thanks for following back up and getting me on
1: Absolutely. So, um, if there's anyone out there who is listening who's maybe they're not in the kayak scene or they just don't know who you are, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who Christine Fisher is.
0: Well, um, shoot, I've, uh, I guess, who Christine Fisher is in, in relation to the kayak fishing space. I've been doing this kayak fishing for, gosh, probably eight, nine, 10 years now first few years were kind of more on the recreational side i've been competing in tournaments for the last six years and have been doing this full time uh for four years so it's been an amazing journey um i'm from nebraska originally so bass fishing wasn't really something i was super into uh we grew up doing a lot of walleye and musky and uh perch fishing you know kind of in that midwest area and then up north and um Yeah, I I was a big musky, I kind of cut my teeth musky fishing and chasing trophy pike. That's kind of how I made my name and then found out there were these things called these kayak bass fishing tournaments. And I started that and the rest is kind of history.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever I started following you, it was you holding up these massive musky and, mm-hmm. um, in this, in this little plastic boat and the, the fish looked as big as you were and just, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, awesome. So, um, kind of what got you started into kind of filming your adventures and, um, and kind of getting into the, the content creation scene?
0: Well, um, Couple of things. I think that I I'm trying to remember when I really first started running a GoPro. I brought a GoPro to a lot of people back at I used to work at an archery shop, and they didn't believe me. These uh, they didn't believe the size of pike I was catching on one of our local lakes in Nebraska. So I wanted to get pictures because you know it's like oh picture it didn't happen. So I started bringing a GoPro out for that, and then (sighs) ironically enough, when I first started filming all of my tournaments and doing content that way. It was after actually it was, uh, it wasn't after it was, it would have been four years ago now, I think um, because I started doing really well in tournaments in the Midwest series first and then started fishing some of the Hobie stuff. And I started to hear just random and looking back now, it really didn't matter. And I'm almost thankful this happened, but they're just these random internet trolls that said, there's no way she's catching her own fish. Someone must be helping her. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is horrible. Like, how could anyone say this? But it's because, you know, it it just hadn't really been done before. You know, there weren't many women that were succeeding or having success. And so I just started running my GoPro the entire time during the tournament and talking through my decision making and what I was doing literally for the sole purpose just to, to protect myself and to prove people. And then now I'm making good money off of YouTube. So I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for thinking I was cheating way back then. Because <laughs> it, it, uh, it built a really, really strong YouTube following. When I, I still don't consider myself a YouTuber at all. But I almost have 100,000 subscribers now. And I, I enjoy doing my tournament recaps. And it just provides insurance on what I'm doing and where I'm fishing. And that I'm, it's all kind of me by myself doing it.
2: Well, that's that's great. And I'll kind of I was going to save this for later, but since we're on the YouTube uh, deal as we speak, uh, I watched Jake's video today that he put out. And I don't know if you've seen it, but obviously you were there right beside him and you guys, I I think it is probably one of the most poignant sharing water moment as you guys are like, okay, are you guys ready to cast? And you guys both are casting at the same time because evidently you guys found the same fish in practice and we're going to the same spot. And it's one of the, you know, if everybody was like that, and Jake is a great guy and, um, you know, it was just one of those. Yeah. yeah, It was just one of those moments that you got, it was, it was just neat to watch and, uh, Uh,
0: My version will come soon. It'll be good too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I was, it was funny today. I was like, Oh, that's, uh, you know, it's just one of those times where it's like, why can't more people be like this instead of battling over, you know, fish that you guys both found. It's like, okay, we're going to do this. And then, you know, you guys each caught one and then you were like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do my own thing. So, um, but it was just a neat moment, and there's so many of those—not just that one, but there's so many of those in in the videos and even the social media posts that you put out. That really, your pasana and everybody that follows you—it's it's it's more than just kayak bass fishing now. Um, you know, some of the posts that you put out um, are extremely well written, and they're from the heart, and it really. You know, probably helps more people than, you know, and it's just kind of I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, OK, all right, here's a post from Christine. And then you look at how many people have viewed it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're reaching these thousands of people with these things that you're putting out. And I know you never meant for that. Like you didn't set out to be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And that's what makes it even more cool. And, you know, one reason we wanted to have you on here is just like you touch a ton of people. And, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things that is kind of unexplainable, but so glad it happened.
0: Yeah. And honestly, you know, you say unexplainable. I There's been so many years where I've been to a point, a breaking point where I it was almost too much to be kind of in this small spotlight in our small space. Right. And I wanted to, there's been so many times I wanted to get out of the fishing space and not do this and get off social media. But, you know, God keeps opening doors for me and he keeps, I know that he wants me in the space. And even though it's really, really hard, those times where I've almost wanted to quit, I'll say, God, like, if you really want me here, you've got to show me this is where I'm meant to be. And then I'll get an email from a high school angler or a mom of a high school angler that says something. And I'm just like, okay, I got to stick it out for just a little bit more. And then, you know, it's all God. I mean, it really is. It's that I'm still here and that I'm still doing this and that the doors, the doors just keep opening for me. So for whatever, whatever reason, God wants me in this space and still wants me in this space. And I'll do it as long as I feel like that's where he wants me to be. I hope one day I get to I get to kind of step back and step out of this out of the, you know, kind of the face of things sometimes, I think. And I never wanted to be that. And hopefully one day I get to kind of step back behind the scenes and do some things. And but we'll see what my uh, we will see what my future holds in that.
1: Absolutely. Um, but in the meantime, um, you are uh, like like Robert said, you're touching a lot of people. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was um the role model that you are for, um, all the different, um, I'm not going to just say young, but all of the women who are in this sport and getting into this sport and wanting to be in this sport. And this is a sport that has been so, um, so male dominated and, um, has, has had a lot of alpha male personalities that, believe that they are the only people who are supposed to be here. Um, And um, regardless of what people they're talking about, whatever person they are talking about is the only kind of people that they feel are supposed to be here. So um, I wanted to kind of get your, your take on breaking into that space and being a part of this space and being such a, an influential person in this space Um, and kind of having to, to break through that, the challenges behind that and the, the inspiration that, that, that you've had anyone who's been kind of like a, a role model or a mentor to you and, and, um, just kind of talk about that for a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I think I was pretty fortunate because since my childhood, I've always kind of, I was a textbook tomboy. So I was surrounded by, you know, my good friends were all, all guys, um, you know, neighborhood guys. I was always doing the creek and stuff, the you know, just the stuff that was a little different. And I think that I never really viewed it as, you know, we, we look at the societal norms. You know, a lot of women aren't seen as the ones fishing, but I was fortunate enough to see my mom in that role fishing and running the boat equally as much as my dad. So I just never really thought that that was different. And then I got my first experience of what that, you know, what the obstacles were for me when I started working at a hard goods store, um, a Midwestern retailer and the archery shop and the fishing and hunting. I was the only female in the entire hard goods section and the entire company out of like 30 stores in the U.S. And I that's when I started to kind of understand that being a female in that space was very rare and a lot of people weren't used to it. And I'd have customers that would come in to get their bows worked on, and they wouldn't want me to work on them. Or people in the fishing or hunting area that didn't want me to help sell them, you know, this rod and reel that I could, I could sell just as good, if not better than most all the guys there. And that was in my mid 20s, I was working there. So it was, that was hard for me. And there'd be so many times where I was so discouraged. And I felt like, How, like, how are these people, how, how how am I ever going to make it here? This is what I want to do. It's what I love, but I'm not being taken seriously. I'm never going to be taken seriously. And I owe a lot to my bosses, um, that I worked at the time and my coworkers, all the men that worked with me, adored me and and looked out for me and took care of me. And every time they'd see a customer do that, they'd say, oh, you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to her about this. This is her, this is her specialty. And they told me, it's like, look, prove them wrong. You know, don't go, don't get defeated. Learn how to prove them wrong in a very tactful way. So say someone was looking at an archery, like a, like a Hoyt carbon spider. And I'd walk up to them instead of saying, Hey, how's everything going? Can I help you with anything? Because they'd say, Oh, no. But then I'd walk away and a guy would come up and they'd start asking questions. I wouldn't, I'd bypass all of that. And I'd say, Oh, you're checking out the Hoyt carbon spider. You know, it's, it's got a six and a half inch brace height. It weighs three and a half pounds. I freaking love that boat's last in the market. I just start spitting facts about this, about the product. And immediately they kind of look at me funny and then they'd say, Oh yeah. So what is, what is that? How is that compared to this? And I made sure I was as well-versed and as knowledgeable on on everything. And I put that out there first and it really helped me. And then I gained this incredible customer base and my sales were through the roof with it. So that background working in that male dominated hard goods selling area helped me so much than going into the tournament fishing scene because I was almost a little calloused if that makes sense. like I was ready for it. I had dealt with it, I knew what it, I knew what it was like. I knew what I had to do, and uh, I, there were a lot of things that um I wish I was a little more refined. you know I did have I did have a a little bit of a chip on my shoulder as I just made a post about that. You know, I felt like I had everything to prove to these tournament guys and I really didn't have anything to prove. You know, I, I really didn't, but I felt like I did. Um, and I think that the background in selling and hard goods helped me tremendously just prepare me for what I was going to be doing in the next 10 years of my life.
1: That's awesome. Um So, yeah, we've, we've kind of, talked about it a little bit already, but let's, um, let's, let's dive into your faith a little bit. Um, so, uh, it's definitely not something that I would say you're, you're shy about talking about, but, um, what, uh, kind of give us your faith story. What is it you believe in and how'd you come to believe that?
0: Well, um, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe that, you know, Jesus is our Lord and savior. He died on the cross and the way through heaven is through him. The way to heaven is through him. Um, I grew up in a family that thankfully has a very strong faith as well. My mom and dad. Now, we didn't go to church a lot when I was a kid. We didn't start going religiously until I think I was in junior high. And then it was a big part of that in high school. And, you know, back then, I always, even into my 20s, I I always believed that I believed in God. I never, I, I knew who God was. I believed in Jesus. I believed in all of that. But I didn't have the relationship, if that makes sense. Um, my journey took a lot of me messing up and messing up. But thank goodness, our our God is um, full of mercy and grace, and you know gives us forgiveness, grants us forgiveness, and we sure, certainly do not deserve it. And I did, I felt very undeserving of His forgiveness for so long. Um, but it wasn't probably until my late twenties where I really started to seek that relationship with him. I didn't want to be just a Christian or just go to church and just get this message. I didn't want to be a lukewarm Christian. I wanted to grow that relationship. I wanted to understand what that meant. And I wanted to have, I wanted to feel like he was sitting in the truck next to me and I was talking to him all day long. So it really, you know, I wish, I wish so much that I had that just from, from the get go as a child, you know, but I always believed in him, you know, but I definitely tried to stray several times and thank goodness he kept coming after my heart like he always does. But it's one of those things where my biggest struggle is that I, you know, the enemy is so good at giving us a lot of distractions and my life sometimes can get so chaotic that, I struggle sometimes devoting that time to that relationship. And that's been one of my, the last couple of years. And I'm so thankful for mentors in the sport, like Matt Ball, you know, Steve Owens, Cody Prather, Guillermo, my boyfriend, who are incredible spiritual leaders and good men. And they are all, uh, Cody's wife, Sarah is another one. We have a very tight knit group in that regard that, you know, kind of, reach out to one another and, and, and touch base and kind of talk about God and our world and all these things. And it just really helps when everything's kind of spinning around. So, um, that's my big focus now though, moving forward is just to remember to not get too distracted, you know?
1: Absolutely. Um, and you've had some other, um, kind of big changes in your life recently. Um, you uh you were no longer living the nomadic lifestyle i saw the saw the post about that the other day and it was like you know i am very much a i'm a homebody like mm-hmm. if i'm not if i'm not forced to travel like i'm probably not going to very often um my wife is someone who does like to travel so i have i have traveled more in the past in in the past 10 years of of us being together than, than I, I did my entire life combined for sure. But, um, and so to me, it's, I I have very much the opposite lifestyle of you, but, um, I was, I was interested to kind of get your, your thoughts on that. Like the, the concept of home and the, and, um, like to, to someone who prefers that nomadic lifestyle, what does the concept of home look like to you and how has it changed since you have built your house?
0: Well, that's a good question because <laughs> I still, it still feels so bizarre. I was, I was on the road for six years, six years that a home and I can't, I still can't believe that uh, I made it that long because <laughs> you know, I think God, I think God does build some of us a little differently. And I do think that at least for this, this phase in my life, I was built to travel. And even, you know, when I would stay still for a couple of weeks, I was ready to kind of get going again. But at the same time, I was longing just for somewhere to go to because I I never felt like, you know, even if I go to my parents' house or a friend's house or go visit G, this just wasn't, it it wasn't something I owned that I could come and just throw my stuff over the floor and just kick my feet up and just go, "Ah, this is great. So I was missing that this whole time. And what's funny is when I built my house, I got it done right after ICAST. you know, I had a bunch of people come over and help me get everything moved in and set up and then everybody left and it was just me there. And for the first time I didn't have to pick up and leave and my entire system crashed. I mean, crash. I I think for four days, I just kind of sat in my house and didn't do anything. And I'm a very high functioning. You mentioned ADA, ADHD. I'm pretty sure I've got it to some degree. My dad's scared because <laughs> I, I never wanted to be diagnosed, but I'm very high functioning. I'm very. I have to keep going, 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 going. And this thing up here goes a thousand miles an hour. And I just kind of force myself just to sit in my house for four days and just understand that I don't have to go anywhere. I have nowhere to go. This is it. This is here. That was a very difficult adjustment for me Just having it cleared. And I'm still, you know, I went, picked up, packed, left, went on a tournament, came back to the house. I was there for two days and then I'm on the road again. I'm down in Georgia right now. So, but just having those two days there, that peace that that brought, just a place where my things are and my stuffs in the garage, it's organized. I know where things are, just a place that I know is there waiting for me pretty dang special. You know, I'm, I've always been one that's believed like, you know, home is where the heart is home is where you make it. And, you know, it, it for me, it's been on the road. It's, it's the, on the pavement here and the tires just keep spinning around and around. And just, that's where I've always felt free. That's where I've always talked to God. That's where I love just the, that liberation that comes with just being on the road by yourself, just traveling across, you know, the varying landscapes of our country. And, um, But there's something that having a place, you can't replace that. And so while I have a home now, I'm not going to slow down any time on the road. I still, I still want to do it, but it's, it's definitely, it's a piece that I haven't had in a long time.
2: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's funny because me and Cam, we don't like get together before and say, Oh, let's ask this. Let's ask this. So I had a list of things that I was going to ask. And that was that that was on there too, because I know that that is a huge change. And it was really like when you made that post, you're standing by the garage. I think it was raining or something. And it was like, and I was like, huh, I was like, that that is going to be a tough adjustment. And, but it's going to be so good. You know what I mean? It's going to be an adjustment. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that's great. I was like, that is probably exactly what she needs at this point is not, not to stop traveling and doing what you do because that's who you are, but to have a place to come back to. So you're, so you, you can go for a month and go do all these tournaments and then come back for two weeks. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was just pretty cool. And, uh, I was glad to see that. So. Thank That's kind you. of funny.
0: Yeah. A lot, yeah. It was for people that know my story and that in that regard, and kind of what all I went through to get that house. It' major, major, major blessing to finally get it done and just have it. So I was so thankful. And yeah, it was a tough adjustment. I'm still, like I said, I'm still not totally used to it. But ask me again about a year.
2: Yeah, you'll sure. you'll love it, and you're probably a lot more centrally located. Um, you I know, share. to all the tournaments and stuff. Yeah. That's just Absolutely. like when the when the Bassmaster schedule came out. I'm like, ah, you got to go to Texas and Louisiana, and from the, I mean, we're both in North Carolina, close to, you know, we're two hours from the beach. So anything that's passed, uh, anything that's over that way is a haul. Like yeah. Toledo Bend. Toledo Bend was 16 hours from raleigh Ooh. and so any when you get over there it's like man you're talking about almost two days of driving unless you drive it straight through which is yeah. tough
0: and is that, then yeah, you're, tough you're talking hard.
2: about t- yeah taking if you're going to get there and pre-fish which you have to do if you're going to compete in any of those you you've got to get a couple of days of pre-fishing right. and it's you know for anybody that has jobs <laughs> it's, it's tough to do and uh so I know okay. being centrally located is gonna is gonna save on that travel for you. Absolutely,
0: uh, yeah. Most definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Tennessee is a is a is a neighbor state, and uh, Christine, you and I met in person at the Dale Hollow event uh, from Paddle and Finn, and that was that was over eight hours of driving for me. So, oh God! Um, so I like really that's that's just
2: that's just next door so <laughs> both of those states are super long so yeah, yeah i'm a, I'm originally from around nashville so I, i'm from like 40 minutes northeast of nashville and clarksville so um and, but it, what a great place to be so yeah it doesn't get much better
1: for sure. Well, Robert, you said you had a whole list of stuff that you wanted to ask about. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you, let you take over for a minute before we.
2: Oh, sure. yeah, I'll, I'll shoot a couple part. questions out there. Um, what do you think about the Bassmaster schedule?
0: Fantastic. Um, Steve did a great job at reaching out to some of the anglers to get some input on, uh, yeah. you know, what, what bites are kind of firing off uh, certain times of the year. And, you know, there were a lot of really good options out there for as far as what lakes to go to. And I know it's so hard when people see the schedule and they're like, oh, we you didn't come out this way or didn't come out that way. It's so hard to put a tournament schedule together for TVs. Oh, yeah. It's not just, you know, they have to consider they have to hit a certain number of participation. So if there's an area that historically doesn't get it. They've got to build first before they're allowed to have one that they know is not going to do very well. They have to have host communities that are willing to work with them and and help them out in any capacity, as you guys probably well know. So I think he did a fantastic job and those lakes are going to every single lake that we're hitting and river is going to is it's the right time to do it it's going to be an incredible schedule. I want to fish all five. So I'm um, looking forward to that and hope you guys can make it to a couple too.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely going to fish um, Lake Murray, but well, all of my stuff revolves around my kids, baseball, softball. country. Oh yeah, so yeah. I, I try to get to what I can and, you know, I got spoiled on COVID because everything was canceled. So, 2022, I went to Toledo, Bend. I went to Santee Cooper. I went to Susquehanna and you know, now we're back to like, you know, real life and the schedules, you know, <laughs> the sports are started back up. So now I'm just trying to make the local stuff and I'm having a hard time even doing that. So, um, but you know, staying with the Bassmaster and Steve, um, is that going to be the premier kayak national event? Is it, is it gonna, is it gonna surpass Hobie or right now I feel like they're neck and neck. And I feel like that that's really the only two that, um, I don't want to say that matter, but they're definitely the top, the top two. And what, what does, what does Hobie have to do to stay right there with it? Because Bassmaster has the name. They have this marketing and media giant that, I mean, for me, You know, I'm still trying to figure out what state I can drive to to try to qualify on a state championship. And that, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to qualify for it because of the recognition you would get from just going to fish that, you know, at the classic that week. And that's something that Hobie doesn't have, but Hobie has been on top for the last three or four years. And, you know, what do they need to do to stay right there with it? Or is it just going to be, you know, is it going to kind of settle out? What are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, it's, it's always been kind of interesting to me how I've seen, you know, throughout the entire, the entirety of this, this national kayak fishing scene, it's always seemed to be like one trail pinned against the other a little bit. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I don't, I try not to look at it like that. And I don't ever think, you know, this one's, this one's better than this one or this one. I think that, as long as they're being ran, you know, smoothly, which both AJ and Steve are are great, just very reputable TDs. They're thorough, uh, to the point. Re- people respect them. They put good schedules out there. Um, I try to look at it from their perspective, and it's it, I hate that it has to be a competition, and I know that they do kind of um, indirectly compete for anglers and participation, but I think that you know the way i look at it they are two very successful trails that will you know that we are very fortunate to have as kayak anglers and you know even kbf has a lot to offer for you know people they do the online thing that nobody else has i know that a lot of people enjoy that so i try to really look at it as more of a less of a you know competition between the trails and more of a what does Hobie offer the anglers? What does Bass offer the anglers and Bass, you know, the, yeah, the classic is pretty dang cool. Um, I really like that Hobie, you know, they've stepped up and kind of done a phenomenal job and gave us something in the, in the TOC. Here's the thing that Hobie offers that, that Bass may not, you know, the, the classic for Bassmaster It'll qualify well over a hundred people, you know, 200, 300 people because of the state level stuff. And there's a lot of roll downs, right? To qualify for the TOC is something incredibly special that only 50 people have been able to do. And then this year, 60. So that championship, I think is, you know, kind of the premier championship, even though it doesn't have the name or the classic stage or any of that, it's the harder one to qualify, which is kind of cool. You know, so I look at it as I like this trail for this. I like this trail for this. And I think that as long as they both keep, I would like, you know, I think one thing that could be better is if Hobie did less events, eight, nine okay. events is is too, I just think it's too much. I know yeah. for people like myself and a lot of my friends that, you know, try to fish as much as they can, this spring we were hit so hard with event to event to event. And what that did when you have two trails that are successful, I think it showed us that we can't really sustain two trails with that many events because a lot of the attendance, even for Bassmaster, kind of leveled off a little bit, right? No events capped out. Um, so I I think having a five event schedule, if Bass did five and Hobie did five that would just, I think the attendance would be up. The average numbers would be up for all of it because, you know, anglers would fish, they'd be able to, you know, have less to kind of choose from all over the place. So I think that Hobie could really look at doing fewer events.
2: Yeah. That's interesting because I know Steve got some pushback on just having the five and then going to four, you know, four of the points count. What do you think about that? You think it should be five and you have four that count and you can drop one or do you like the three and you can drop two?
0: I like the four. I you think like you get four. four. Cause if I think about it, you know, if we want to make this, that upper uh, F shot, you. and you'll know, make the AOI actually mean something, drop one, you get one drop and you know, having four really gives us that more well-rounded angler. I think that was consistent more than just three times. Cause you think about it, five events, you have three, that's almost 50%. You have two drops, you know, I don't know. I think four is four is the magic number for that.
2: Yeah. I, I Yeah. I agree. It, it makes some people push more of their chips into the center of the table. If you have to have four and,
0: exactly. you know,
2: takes out, um, it does take out some of the regional anglers because that's what I was like. When I saw the schedule come out, I was like, Oh, I can make it to Murray and I can make it to Gunnersville. I can make it to Susquehanna. And then, it, and then you have the other two that are super far from me. And I'm like, Oh, and then the next day, I'm like, I read that it's four. And I'm like, Oh, I don't think I'm doing that. Then. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, if I was doing this all the time, I think I would like that. Just like you said, because, uh, you know, you're going to have the people that are really bought into it and, and it's going to take some of the, you know, you can, you can go to Gunnersville and somebody lives on Gunnersville, they may do great in that one. But, they may not want to take the drive. And and so it's going to, you know, if you get a third, but you have two people that live on or close to Gunnersville, you know, get first and second. You're still if they're not traveling to the other ones, it's almost like a first for that one. Um, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to touch on is the Hobie Worlds. So that's something else, too, that Hobie has that yes, Bassmaster that. doesn't. And I think that that is just watching it. You guys post and um, you know, I think that everybody that was here when you guys were over there, because now it, now it's almost like you're there. If you can, you follow all these people on Instagram and everybody's posting stuff. Jordan Marshall's posting what he's eating and he's doing all these posts and Lambert's posting stuff. You're posting stuff. And it's almost like everybody's there because we get to see that through you guys. But Shine a little light on that because you've done that, I think, several times.
0: Just one.
2: Oh, just one. Okay. You
0: know, I qualified though for the next, because you know, they had to take two years off for COVID, so I'll go to oh. the next two worlds as well. I've qualified for three now. Okay. But I've only made. I've only got to go to one. But yeah, that that experience all in itself was, you know, when I first started kayak fishing, I'd always heard about that world's tournament, and it was my goal, my number one goal, to qualify for that. And it exceeded all of my expectations. It was such an amazing experience. I love meeting the anglers and the competitors from, you know, the, the 30 different countries. It was just a spectacular event. It really was. Hats off to Steve Fields for that. I mean, it's. I look forward to the next two I get to go to because I qualified. It looked
2: like so much fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I love most about the Hobie Worlds is it's not just bass. Like, you yeah. get to go... Pike all over the place. And, say
0: what? I was pike fishing in Sweden. Yeah. Like, that's been my dream since so I was a kid. So, yes, I was super stoked about that.
1: Absolutely. So, I don't know if if you're allowed to say it, if you know it or not, but do you know where you're going to be fishing next?
0: I don't know.
1: Okay. Where, where do you hope I'm you're fishing I next?
0: I want to go to Brazil. I'm going to fish some mm-hmm. peacock bass
1: yeah absolutely yeah that there there are so many so many fish over there that are like really high on my bucket list (laughs) i mean the amazon river i think is like pretty close to the atlantic ocean in terms of like the number of species that it holds
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um which is Mm mind-boggling um but like yeah that would be an awesome trip to like go and like Go and fish out of a mouse or something. Heck yeah. So cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. I watch way too much River Monsters, even now that it's been <laughs> off of the air for like five years. <laughs> That's
0: okay. Jeremy Wade is, is one of my heroes. So,
1: <laughs> same. Um. Robert, did,
2: was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we kind of? You better run a couple of commercials because we go to sit here and talk all night, but.
1: well before we do that there's a couple questions that we always ask all of our guests and i want to make sure that we ask you um uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you
0: it's gotta be fishing with my grandpa um every sunday we'd have uh grandpa make us fish shaped pancakes blueberry pancakes from blueberries we picked up in minnesota and we would go down to the city lakes he'd make these uh this he'd either make his homemade dough ball or he'd take a thing of Wheaties and take it in the lake water and mash it up and we'd catch carp (laughs) off this at the city lakes a block from my house That That definitely yeah definitely
2: a carp that's right down your alley
1: Ken. (laughs) it it is and it's funny whenever I was a kid and my dad would take me carp fishing I hated it um, I hated cart fishing because I wanted to be bass fishing. I wanted to be, uh, casting and moving down the bank. I didn't want to be sitting in one spot, but now I'm like, I'm like, I'm all about the cart. Like, I, especially from a kayak, I, am wanting to hit that, that 30 pound mark in a kayak. And, um, I, I haven't done it yet, but I know where they are. I just got to get them to, to get dumb enough to eat. Yeah.
2: Well, when I went the sidebar really quick. When I went to the swamp at Sharon Harris, I went all the way up there because I was trying to uh, see if those bass were on those flats. There were so many carp up there that it looked like redfish. Their fins were out of the water, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And they were huge. I was standing up casting at them because sometimes I'm thinking that there there were bass mixed in with them, and it was just a crazy sight. I've never seen that many carp with. It just looked like schools of redfish everywhere. Um That's awesome. Yeah, I've been on Harris where the smaller ones, like about
1: a pound to three pounds, were up at the top and popping at the top of the water. And there were so many of them, it sounded like it was raining. But I haven't seen them like that. That's
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I have to, uh, I have to check that out. Yep. Another uh, question that we ask everybody is when you're, and we kind of already know that answer because you film a lot of your stuff. So we get to see a lot of your conversations, but if you're out on the water, what are your, what are your normal conversations? What are you talking about? Um, and things like that. If you're
0: fishing with somebody else. Oh gosh. Anything and everything in between, you know, just, uh, I, I get very, um, animated out in the water because i just love what i do and when i've got you know g and i have an, we have such a good time together i mean he and i will have friendly little banters and stuff and friendly competitions and we'll talk about everything from the fishing to life just absolutely i'm like a closet nerd for those people that didn't know um, a lot of people think i'm really cool i'm really not like i'm pretty nerdy i'll talk about star wars and and stuff like that so um and just really lame jokes but you know, just, just the stuff that, that, that makes life go around the fun, kind of lighthearted. That's all up my alley.
1: Awesome. Well, we are going to, uh, jump into our, what's your favorite segment. It's pretty self-explanatory. We're just going to ask you your favorite in a few different categories. Uh, but we're going to dive into that right after this.
0: Okay.
2: A huge selection and crazy fast shipping is already enough to turn heads as an online tackle shop, but Omnia Fishing sets themselves apart with their ambassador program. With Omnia, you can send in fishing reports for your local lakes that recommend baits, structure, tactics, and gear. And when another angler takes your advice and purchases something from your report, you get credit for it to spend at Omnia. The best part means that with Omnia Fishing, you can shop by lake and purchase baits and gear that are proven to work where you're fishing. To get started, go to OmniaFishing.com and use promo code FNF15 to save 15% on your first order.
1: Few things ruin your day on the water as bad as losing gear. But with the retrieval devices for fishing rods, action cams, bow fishing bows, and more from Save Your Outdoors, you don't have to let dropping your stuff ruin your day because you can get it back. The pressure sensitive filter keeps water from rain and quick dips in the water out, but it lets water in when your gear goes overboard to release a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back. Go to SaveYourOutdoors.com to learn more and try some for yourself. And use promo code FNFP fifteen to save fifteen percent on your order. That's S A V U R Outdoors and promo code FNFP fifteen. All right, so can you hear me? Yep. Okay. All right, so um, the uh, f- first up, what is your favorite scripture?
0: Joshua one nine.
1: Awesome.
2: Robert, you're up, man. All right. So, what is your favorite Bible story?
0: Probably the book of Job, which is like really depressing for a lot of people. But to me, it's truly a testament of God's faithfulness to us.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Job is phenomenal. Um, All right. your favorite fish to catch
0: musky easy
1: <laughs> what is it about the musky
0: it challenges you mentally physically and emotionally more than anything else on this planet
1: absolutely I, I haven't caught one yet um and i i haven't i haven't spent a ton of time where they are as part of the problem but um i i have I cut my teeth on the mill ponds in Eastern North Carolina and have had my fair share of run-ins with the chain pickerel. And I always like, I loved catching those. And I, I always, every time I caught one, I would, I would pick it up and I'd be like, scale this up like eight times.
2: How fun would that be?
1: It's <laughs> are yeah,
0: fun.
2: All right. So that's your favorite Fish to catch. What about the fish for? Some people have the same one or some people like same. Yeah. I figured that was going to be the case. So they're, they're,
1: they're called the fish of 10,000 cast. How many casts do you think it took for you to catch your first one?
0: Probably that. (laughs) Probably that. Awesome. All
1: right. Your favorite fish to eat.
0: Walleye. Ooh, Or tuna. I really like ahi tuna a lot, but freshwater walleye, saltwater, probably either grouper or tuna.
1: Okay. Um, And so I always like to follow up with, um, with how do you like it cooked? Um, So I am going to judge you on this answer. So um, for both uh, walleye and tuna, how do you like it cooked?
0: Tuna is easy. That's gotta be, I like it rare. I like the sashimi style, sashimi grade tuna. Um, walleye gosh there's not a bad way to cook i i love it baked but i also like it fried but there's a really good way to bake it with like you know black pepper seasoning and lemon just really good but i'm a sucker for fried fish too
1: okay absolutely yeah i I have not, I have not found it anywhere to, um, to have it yet. So I haven't tried walleye yet, but I am, I am everybody, everybody who is from above the Mason Dixon always says it's, uh, it's walleye. Yeah. So I am, I'm looking forward to trying it for sure. And the tuna, I was absolutely going to judge you if you, if you cooked it at all, to be well, completely yeah. honest with you. But.
0: Yeah. That's as you should. I should get judged for that. <laughs> you know, uh,
2: All right, favorite fishing snack.
0: Gosh, um, you can tell I don't eat very much when I'm fishing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a favorite, everything Yeah, something that's easy. Usually, I'll just try to like. Sometimes Russell make this weird like concoction of rice and beans and Turkey. And I'll take some of that from him. If we're staying at the house, that's just pretty good. And it's filling. I don't know what he calls it, but it's, it's supposed to be healthy for you too.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: All right. So, um, I don't need like GPS coordinates or secret spots or anything, but what's your favorite body water to fish?
0: I would say, um, my favorite, I'm going to, I'm going to, kind of just say it a region and it is the uh boulder junction region of wisconsin every little lake and river the wisconsin river a lot of the lakes around there it's my favorite favorite part of the country and favorite areas to fish um okay. love that area so i have to say that
1: that's uh that's that's on um true gregory's trail this year isn't it, it is, yeah okay yeah We're
0: not that far yeah. south on it this is where he is is probably three and a half hours further south okay yeah
2: awesome cool Mm -hmm. uh if you had to pick one lure what's your favorite lure to throw
0: um you know i really like a uh there's a wake bait that i really like but i'm also a big buzz bait person i love throwing a good buzz bait with a little buzz buzz toad on it
1: okay I'm going to, I'm going to ask a, a follow-up on that one too. So I'm assuming that was your, your answer for bass. What's your favorite musky lure?
0: I love, um, the chaos tackle Medusa is probably my favorite. The big Medusa. Love that one. I also like the Poseidon. Um, I love their own big top, that, that big uh, creeper crawler from a uh, bitten tackle is fun too. I love those top water blow ups got a couple of them but I, i'd say that medusa is my favorite
1: okay so remember you're talking to um a guy it from like uh, eastern north carolina so uh the medusa is what now
0: it looks like an octopus that's the best It okay. have it's like a big rubber body with like three big long tentacles coming down i mean it's they're huge
1: right i, I knew it was going to be big but <laughs> <laughs> all right is it my turn robert yep all right. And, all right. I think this is last but not least. Uh, your favorite time of year to fish?
0: You know, I'm going to say, can I have two answers?
1: I'll let you have two.
0: Okay. Thank you. That's super kind. <laughs> I'm going to say spring for bass fishing, winter for busky fishing.
1: Okay. For sure um yeah i i know around here winter is like whenever the water gets colder is whenever the the start getting more active and everything so i can i can kind of imagine it the same probably the entire Esox genus it probably has that same um that sorry that You said you were a closet nerd, so it brought a little bit of the nerd out in me and I started dropping scientific names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. go.
2: (laughs) So here's a follow-up muskie question. Have you looked in Tennessee and found the the Tennessee water that has some...
0: Oh, Robert, here's the thing. I chose, I bought my lot (laughs) because it was within an hour, each direction of four of my favorite muskie holes. I've been fishing muskies. for like eight years now
2: all right, all right. i made
0: sure my house i could get to this one an hour this one to an hour this one to an hour and that one to an hour <laughs> yeah so, yes.
2: yeah you're in a good spot there then
0: mm-hmm. smack dab yep. in the middle of it
2: yep i went to school awesome. in cookville so that you're not you're not a whole a whole lot
0: oh i'm in about an hour from cookville
2: yep Yep. and did you fish uh center hill for the mm-hmm. kayak uh the national what is that what was that the kayak
0: whatever it was called yeah i I was there yeah
2: okay all right yeah i love that i love that like
0: yeah
2: awesome
1: well we are going to start wrapping things up um if you could christine let us know what you got coming up for you like what's coming down the pipe
0: well you know interestingly enough all i have left competitive wise is the toc and I'm getting ready to start doing my musky fishing. So I'll be doing a lot of that. I'm actually going to go up to uh, the um, Lake Cumberland dam with Kurt Smiths and a couple people, I think next week. And this is when I love to meet up with my friends and just other kayak anglers around the country and just do some fun fishing on the off season. So TOC, but a lot of musky fishing, and a lot of fun fishing.
1: Awesome. And uh I want to give you a chance to, uh, you know, plug your socials. Um, if our listeners want to follow your adventures, tell us where to find you, um, and all that good stuff.
0: Uh, it's Christine Fisher on YouTube and Facebook, and then um, Midwest Fisher Girl on Instagram.
1: Awesome, and I can't believe this never came up or or has not come up yet. But what a great last name for what you are doing!
0: <laughs> yeah. I get told that a lot. Um,
1: but I want to give you an open floor to shout out sponsors and supporters. Anybody you want to say thank you to or give a shout out to, the floor is yours.
0: Uh, well, first and foremost, gotta thank God. You know, he he gives us all the ability to do this. It's his creation. We get to enjoy. And lastly, I just want to thank you guys for having me on and for having this podcast and for getting, you know, for being a light. There's a lot of uh, a lot of drama out there. It's really easy to talk about the dramatic stuff. And I know a lot of podcasts do. And I'm just it's it's refreshing to come on here and have you guys put a lot of good, positive stuff out there. So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you. We, 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 we do dabble in the drama a little bit here and there, but we, we try to, we try to, to be more, be more positive. Um, but yeah, yeah we we dabble we in the drama on the positive side.
0: Well, yeah, that's good. We like that.
1: Awesome. Well, Christine, thank you so much uh for coming on the podcast uh and, and for for sticking with me whenever I uh, it took you took me so long to to get you back on but no um but yeah, thank you for for coming on. We've we've had a blast. Yep. Awesome. Thank you guys.
0: Yeah. I appreciate it.
2: Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle is one of the largest canoe, kayak, and cycling retailers in the Southeast with a huge selection of kayaks, canoes, bikes, and all the accessories needed to experience paddling and cycling comfortably and safely. Get Outdoors helps to expand and educate the paddling community through their free demos held on local lakes in the Greensboro, North Carolina area, and through in-store clinics and on-the-water courses and demos. And we'll even get your new boat rigged up for kayak fishing for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check out shopgetoutdoors.com to be wowed by their selection.
1: If a fly rod is your weapon of choice, check out Atolus. Their fly caddy is the most convenient way to get your favorite flies to the water, or just keep them handy by clipping it to your hat, truck visor, backpack, rod case, or just whatever. You can also bundle it up with flies from independent fly tires that Atollus has teamed up with through their Flylight project. Choose from bundles specializing in redfish, cart, saltwater, or freshwater. Head over to atollus.co, that's A-T-O-L-L-A-S dot C-O, to get your fly caddy today and use promo code FAITHINFISH15 to save 15% on your order. That's FAITH the letter N, FISH, the number 1-5 at checkout for 15% off. Another huge thank you to Christine for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. And um, I will, uh, of course, leave all of her links in the show notes, as well as the All Things Faith and Fishing links. So, if you're looking for merch, if you're looking for sponsor links, anything like that, go ahead, click that link and and uh, find where you want to go and head on over. Um, Robert, man, uh, it was good to be to be back to to
2: interviewing somebody together. Oh um. uh, yeah, we've been, we've been all, I was with uh, Jeff last week and then I, I wasn't there the week before and, and you did. It. So yeah, it was good. It was good. But th- this podcast really could have lasted like four or five hours. I mean, there's, she has so much content out there. So many tips, tricks. Uh, we didn't even talk about um G that much and the huge fish that he caught a couple weeks back. And I just, yeah. I got a kick out. I got a kick out of, out of the video on that. He's like, babe, Babe, I was going to talk about that because that had me rolling in the floor. Just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just fun to see when people film the same trip. And we talked about this before and I forget who it was with, but we had somebody on and both of them were filming. And, and it's fun to watch those trips from two different views. And, and we may have been talking to Rudd and Creek Fishing Adventures or something because they do that right. a lot. So uh, that was awesome absolutely
1: well um robert you want to uh, you want to pray for us and,
2: and yeah. close it out man uh, heavenly father uh, thank you for the day you've given us thank you for giving us this platform to share your word and to bring people closer to you uh, please watch over us and and watch over every, everybody that's either watching or listening and um get them where they're going safely and let everybody get to the water and get off the water safely and uh, forgive us of our sins. And please let our actions and words uh, bring people closer to you. In Jesus Christ name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Sounds good, man. That was a good one. Absolutely.
1: That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless thank you for listening to the faith and fishing podcast faith and fishing is produced and hosted by cam Steele and robert randolph and is sponsored by savior outdoors jay's jigs get outdoors pedal and paddle mr b lure company atollus and omnia fishing don't forget to join the facebook community follow us on instagram and subscribe rate and review us on whatever app you're listening on that's going to do it for this episode y'all take care and god bless